0: It's
2: 90210 one g with Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling. Today on another episode of one on one. You like that title?
0: I love it. I love <laughs> it.
2: We have Bo Jesse Christopher who played Andy in four episodes of 90210.
1: Let's talk to him. Oh hi! OMG.
0: There you are.
1: Oh, my gosh. Wow. What a treat.
0: This is a blast from your past.
1: This is my honor.
2: Oh, Oh you're so sweet. Look at you. You look great.
1: Thank you for saying that, Jenny. I really appreciate it. You guys are so beautiful. Life force energies. I'm so thrilled and honored to be here with you both.
2: We're so happy to have you. I mean, this is crazy because we are in season four. And we're just watching you. Your character is like a a drug pusher guy.
1: (laughs) He's not a great guy, is he? No. No, He's He's the
0: opposite of you.
1: Yeah. You you know what? You're exactly right. And the craziest thing, just very quickly, is like, you know, Brian Austin Green was one of my best friends prior to the show. So being able to work with Brian – In these scenes as Mr. Andy opposite David Silver was like such a treat.
2: How did you know Brian before?
1: So I moved to L.A. in 1988 straight out of high school, you know, to do the acting thing. I wanted to be on 21 Jump Street. That was like Fox's big show. So it all ties in, right? Like I wanted to be Depp. Everyone (laughs) wanted
2: everyone wanted to be Johnny Depp. Me too. Right,
1: like <laughs> yeah, we did. everybody's <laughs> thing. So for me, um, right out of high school, I moved to LA, and then one of my my first friends was David Faustino mm-hmm.
2: uh, from um, and
1: Brian married and David, with children. Like, Brian and Brian and David were were uh, very close, and so I got sort of jumped into that crew very quickly when I got to LA and and Brian and I just hit it off and we were like, you know, best buds hanging out every day. And there's so many related stories to this that lead to 90210. So many things I want to talk about. I know you have to. Oh my
2: God. No, No, we start start at the beginning.
0: So wait, Jen and I were talking about this last week. Were we remembering there was a club called ballistics, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And all three of you were involved, right? Yeah. So, so it was
1: Rainbow, Remember Rainbow?
0: Yes. Oh my God.
1: Yes. So there was there was Big Bow and then Little Bow. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Big Bow was Bow Jesse. Little Bow was Rainbow. So it was really like Rainbow, David Faustino, uh, Brian, Austin mm-hmm. Green, and then like Nick Adler and a few other people kind of related to that. Yeah, but that. But you, I'm sure you were there a few times. I'm sure. I'm sure that Brian got you there a few or tried to. You know. Oh,
0: for sure, I went there. Yeah. Jen, do you remember going there?
1: No. I don't think yeah. Jenny would have gone It would have been like Brian would have tried to talk you into going Tori but like and I it think was like
0: one of those things it wasn't like every night it was like a takeover each week at somewhere else right yeah it was
1: like at the Roxy I think it started at the Roxy okay. Wednesday night yeah mm-hmm. but at that point so at that point just just so I can pivot because this will lead up to the mystery yep. Yep. okay So at that point so really quickly so uh, Brian Austin Green our boy Brian David Silver for those who are listening we love mm-hmm um still one of my closest dearest friends I love him so much I'm so proud of him and he's his life is beautiful I I love him as I look to his sisters and you know forever just in my heart top of my mind so thank you for that um Mm -hmm. Brian uh had an audition for this thing called point break which was was my big sort of entry point into the business right oh Brian Brian
0: auditioned for that part too
1: well, he, it was his audition. He said, hey, Bo, will you drive me to this audition? Because okay. you're a surfer. You know this whole lexicon. You know this surfing. I got this audition at the, at the end of the day. Will you drive me? Kind of warm me up for the thing. He was the last audition, went in. Came out, and you know Brian, when Brian gets a little nervous, he bites his nails. We know Brian. He does that whole thing. Remember young Brian biting his nails? So he had-
0: still, he has no nails to this day. Yeah, stage. Sure.
1: <laughs> you know, and, you know so, so Brian came out, and I could tell he kind of maybe bombed the audition, mm-hmm, but I had no. this stuff in my head. And I remember the casting director came out and said, um, are you next? And I said, no. And he goes, are you an actor? I said, yeah. And he goes, you're next. So I had Brian's keys in my pocket, and I just sort of walked by Brian. And Brian was so pissed. You know, he was so angry. <sighs> Walked right by him, went into the room. Uh, Rick Pagano, who was the casting director, handed me some sides and said, uh, let's give it a shot. I said, I think I got it. I don't need the sides. And he goes, oh, oh you, you got it. Okay, let, let's see what you got. So I stood on a chair and did my thing. He goes, hold on a second. Went down the hall, came back with Catherine Biglow, the director, and he said, do that again. So I did it, and she in the room said, you got the job. I walked out of the audition. Brian's like, come on, dude. What's going on? You got my <laughs> He hijacked my audition. So anyway, I booked Point Break. There's more to that story, but it's not about Point Break. It's about 90210. So I come out, and Brian's super angry and mad. And I said, hey, man, you just did this pilot. You're fine because you just shot the pilot for 90210. And I think you guys sat for a little bit before they picked the show up, right, and got back into the season, I want to say. That sounds it was, like right. a little, yeah. it was a little bit of time before the pilot and maybe jumping into the season or the the, the season one getting picked up. You yeah, remember, remember
0: more than I <laughs> We're like, oh, well, I Go ahead, this. keep going. Wow. <laughs> I'll tell you why it's I remember
1: this because I wanted so bad to be on the show. So anyway, I did Point Break, and Brian was a little, you know, kind of like, dude, you, that was that was you know that wasn't cool what you did. So Brian was holding a little bit of a grudge, and I said, Brian, you're fine. You got this pilot. It's probably going to get picked up. You're going to be good. I went away and did Point Break. They started Ballistics that club um, right after that. The season season one got picked up, and you guys went into production on episode two. Um, I was waiting for Point Break to come out. I had originally auditioned for the role of Steve, the Iron Ziering. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. And I remember right before I hijacked Brian's audition for Point Break and I went and did Point Break for almost a year, this movie that kind of launched my acting career. Um, I had auditioned for, for 90210, d- got close, didn't get it. And then I was hurting for money. And so I did background work on the pilot and I remember day one, and I think it was it was Ian driving that red Corvette, or he had that red car, flashy car, and the pilot. He drove up to the school and got out, and like Steve, it was like the establishing Steve character, right. I think. And I think I remember seeing Jenny and Ian day one. I just was like, oh, I really want to be in the show, you know. And then I went and did Point Break, came back, and it took four seasons of me auditioning for 90210 for getting really close to find Mr. Andy in season four, which <laughs> kind of brings us full circle. But I got to work with my buddy, Brian, you know, yeah. and it was a lovely treat. Was
0: he still pissed uh, at you at that point? Uh, he holds no, grudges. Are you sure? No,
1: no. no. Brian's super <laughs> let's, cool. But let's call him me. right
0: now. You think he still holds a grudge? No.
1: Oh. oh Wait, oh.
0: I want to hear about Point Break, though. Yeah. I love hello.
2: You. You, for I those love of you who point don't Break. know – uh, you were in Point Brank. Tell us about your character. It's a very in, uh, important character.
1: I appreciate you saying that. Um,
2: Love that movie.
1: Oof. So I was Gromit slash LBJ. I was the ex-president. I was uh, Lyndon Johnson was my ex-president. I was Patrick Swayze's younger brother. I was part of this crew that robbed banks to finance our Endless Summer uh, this film was executive produced by James Cameron. It was directed by Catherine Bigelow. It starred Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves and a handful of other wonderful people like Gary Busey, Lori Petty, mm-hmm. Crow, John Philbin, Beau Jesse Christopher, Tom Sizemore, mm-hmm. a lot of people. Um, big movie because it was like one of those Cute. movies yeah, that was written at the end of the 80s, ushering in the 90s. So it's kind of one of those things that you point to. Um, when you look at like the end of a really interesting um, cinematic generation and how it sort of turned the corner and ushered in something really interestingly new in terms of how movies were made going forward into the 90s. So it was a really interesting opportunity for me because I was on that movie, booked for 12 weeks, and then worked nine months on that film. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, they held me for a while. It felt like I was on a show. It was like a series. That's a
2: crazy long shoot.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it was great. Because by the time I got off it, you know, then I just kind of hit the audition circuit. And I was trying to figure out what was next. And ultimately, you guys, like ultimately, I really wanted to be a series regular on a TV show. And like and 90210 was the show that I really wanted to be on. And mm-hmm. so i was so grateful to finally kind of land on it, even though it was like a guest star thing, an extended couple episodes, like felt so good to finally be on the show. I'm grateful.
0: Oh, I love that story. Yeah. Me too. I wish you had been like a bigger character though. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, from my memories, you were just always, we were friends and you were always with us.
1: Yeah. so I was always around.
0: Yes, you were. So it's wild to rewatch it and think like your character, this was your character and was smaller. I remembered it differently, I guess.
1: Well, I really appreciate you saying that. You know, there was a couple times when your father um, tried to make some things work for me, which I really appreciated because, you know, boy, did I admire him you know, um, in, in my heart, you know, Aaron. So, uh, I don't know if you two were in the room, but he brought me in for the Billy character for Melrose place. And I tested and I came into the room did like a network thing. And yeah. I feel like you guys might've been in that room because it was like, it felt like 30, 40 people in the room at your house in that massive room that maybe like some of those auditions were held.
0: Oh, but, oh, at his office mm-hmm. or literally oh, The house.
1: The, the Bel Air the house, house, I think the, It's not a house. The living
0: room. The, like- oh, you're right You're right, where you had the read-through Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: and you're and right. I just Yeah, it. I remember he really wanted to try the, to make that work for me, and you know I had a deal on the table for the, for the role, and you know I just bombed. I had, it was I was so over-prepared, and so I had a new kid, I had a two-year-old son, and I was, you know a single father, and I was young and like 20 years old, and just trying to like get it all together. And all I really wanted to do was be a series regular on a show. It was like to be on an Aaron Spelling thing. And you know, and as all my friends were on the show and this new thing was coming out. And um I remember I walked into that room just very quickly because the listeners will appreciate this and you might understand where I'm coming from and empathize a little bit but Courtney Thorne Smith was in the room and she was going to read opposite me and we were you know we were going to it was like a chemistry read in front of network and everyone and I would never experienced that before I'd never had a series regular deal on the table that was something that was brand new I always wanted it I was chipping away as a journeyman actor as a young actor guest starring and Point Break was out and Aaron had, saw, he had uh, seen this interview in Esquire magazine. It was called The New James Deans. And it was me, Dana Ashbrook, Jamie Walters, Jason Priestley, Luke Perry. Yep. I remember. And, oh, my gosh. Remember your father said, I know all these guys except this guy, Bo Jesse. Who is that? Get him in here now for the Billy thing. And I was like, wow, this is cool. He's an advocate. Um basically it felt like it was mine to lose. And ultimately I think I got in my head about it and I walked in that room and I remember Courtney looking at me, Courtney Thorne Smith. And she looked at me and she goes, oh. she could see I was in trouble.
0: <laughs> no, no. Yeah. yeah. I think she we've all just, been there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then I just kind of looked at her just face to face, actor to actor. And I was just like, and I had it all so memorized and personalized and in flow. And, uh, and then I just looked at her and I just, I just dropped out. I was just, I couldn't do it. And I, I literally couldn't even do the the audition. So I had left and so they oh, said thank, man. You. yeah, I mean, I tucked and rolled. that had never happened to me before <laughs> has never happened to me after that. But it's an important lesson that I share with a lot of a lot of people who are emerging and up and coming. And um uh, it didn't feel good. In fact, the Fox executives called my reps and said, "What's going on with this guy? You know, And there wasn't anything going on. I was just, you know, I needed that so badly, it felt like that I let that get in the way of just painting mm. the moment with some beautiful truth.
2: Look, we all know that a healthy diet and regular exercise is key when it comes to feeling your best inside and out. But if you feel like you are putting in the work, you could just still use a little extra help getting rid of unwanted fat in stubborn areas of your body. SonoBello can help. SonoBello doctors use micro laser technology to help you lose fat in areas like your tummy, thighs, or even your arms. Nothing can take the place of a healthy lifestyle. But it is good to know that SonoBello offers ways to help you achieve the results you are looking for. Give yourself the gift of a full body reset. You deserve to be happy. Schedule your free consultation, learn all about micro laser fat removal, and ask about their techniques to remove loose skin. Sono Bello is running a great special right now, by the way. Visit sonobello.com omg. That's sonobello.com slash omg. I'm sure you've seen the viral beauty products all over social media from Thrive Cosmetics. Like the tubing mascara, you know, the one with the turquoise tube
0: everyone is loving. I can be pretty picky when it comes to beauty products. And I'm a big fan of Thrive Cosmetics, especially because they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty free. They're made with clean, skin loving ingredients, high performance and trademarked formulas and uncompromising standards. And their bestsellers have thousands of five-star reviews. Plus, I like how Thrive Cosmetics gives back. For every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. They have so many products
2: to choose from. I love their brilliant eye brightener. Just apply some to the inner corner of your eye and it's like an instant eye lift, you guys. You can even use it as an eyeshadow. And they have 16 shades to choose from. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at ThriveCosmetics.com slash 90210.
0: That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash 90210 for 20% off your first order.
2: How would you like to upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable
0: prices? With Quince, you can. Quince will transform the way you shop. They offer a range of high-quality items priced within reach. Like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50. Organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part?
2: All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands.
0: By partnering directly with top factories... Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us.
2: And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I got some hoop earrings that I am loving and wearing every day.
0: And I got a super comfy pair of slippers that you can feel the quality and the prices are so reasonable. It should be your shopping go-to. Indulge in affordable luxury.
2: Go to quince.com slash 90210 for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash 90210 to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash 90210. Wait, you said you were a a single dad. You had a two-year-old. How old were you when you had your first child
1: yeah uh so i had jesse my oldest son who's 29 now i mm-hmm. love wow. children so we can all you know relate it's beautiful
2: mm-hmm.
1: congratulations
2: 29
1: also. yeah so okay. so he he was born in 1993 so like i think it was like i had a one-year-old when i was doing mr andy and i remember i brought him to set a couple times actually funny thing is there's one scene i think where after they they arrest me the fbi comes in and they, they uh-huh. take walking by the campus or whatever. Um, I had my, my co-parent at the time come in and and hold Jesse. He's one. As they handcuffed me and walked me out, that was just <laughs> got to watch. You know, it was like, have to get
2: great memories for him, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Crazy <laughs> stuff. Anyway, I could go on and on and on. Yeah. What and is that
2: your only son? You only have, do you have more children?
1: I've got two other kids. So I've got um, Atticus, who's my 15 year old teenage son, who's great. Awesome kid. He's everything that I would want a child to be and so much more. As you know, our kids, they surprise us each and every day. It's beautiful. And then I've got a daughter who's 13, Tallulah, Mm. who is incredible, loves to ride horses, and I'm so blessed and grateful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good for you. Uh, You got a girl. You're in trouble.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Mother Nature. Surrender to the truth, whatever it it is. Yeah.
2: Wow. So so Point Break was first, then 90210.
1: Basically, I had done some stuff before Point Break, but I was just mm-hmm. chipping away at some guest star stuff and just, you know, a couple lines here, maybe a small thing here. And then Point Break was my big break. Uh, and then I came back and got on the audition circuit. And I sort of like, you know, I felt like I got really set up for success because people were talking about this film that was coming out with Patrick Swayze, mm-hmm. who at the time was the biggest movie star in the world because Ghost was in the theaters. And if you mm. remember, Ghost was a really meaningful film. Wow. Yeah.
2: yeah one of my favorites. Same.
1: Yeah. So, so wonderful. And so, you know, working with uh, with Swayze in that moment, and then Keanu was basically just being thrown into the studio system for the first mm-hmm. time, he had done all these cool indie films. And then, you know, this was kind of his first like, like dual building, two-hander kind of thing with Swayze and watching that dynamic Um, And being right in the middle on a daily basis for nine months with those two guys and becoming friends was just magic. But I got kind of thrown into the audition circuit and and had so many wonderful opportunities to audition for all the things that like in retrospect, we could tell stories about, right? Mm -hmm. We're not good and bad um but then 902 and i was one of those things it was like that's a feather in my cap i need to be on that show that is something that i have to accomplish and i think it was diane young who was mm-hmm. one of the casting directors they could join Ray cast the pilot and i think Diane diane young was took over um and she was such an advocate you know she was like okay i think this is the one Bo. i think this is the one and we would get close but it wouldn't work out for, <laughs> for various different reasons um and then this just really dark kind of character, which I love too, because if you think about the nineties and you think about 94, which I think season four is, Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, it was kind of cutting edge television. There was a lot of really interesting narrative being written into the show. So to have like Mr. Andy, who was the campus drug dealer, getting Brian Silver hooked on Crystal meth. Crystal meth. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of heavy, you know?
2: Oh, it really was. We we were watching it. We're like, what is happening? I guess this is when the show really started to tackle some stuff.
0: Yeah. I didn't even remember him getting into drugs like until we started watching Mm-mm. it, rewatching That's it. Deep, I was like, right? I thought it was yeah. much quicker than that. Wow. Yeah. Cause sometimes 90210, we have seen so far rewatching it, has a tendency to wrap things up with a bow in like one or two episodes. So mm-hmm. We appreciate that it's going yeah ebbs and flows with the story. But it,
2: it, it got real, real dark in that dorm room. <laughs> you, you took off your shoes. You were getting to business.
1: Yeah. No, it's interesting because for the audition, I always had like a foot thing. Like I always hated my feet. So like I was like, like oh, I got to push <laughs> in and like take my shoes off. And so I did it and I was just use it. Oh, just use it. You know, just that whole like actor thing where, <laughs> you know, it's just it's a feeling. I can use it. it feels off. Um, and mm-hmm. so it was just strange because I wasn't aware that you could, you, could, you could do this, administer this stuff between the toes, and that was effective. But I think more importantly, what it did, I think, for the audience was um, just kind of bring the narrative in that may or may not have been something that people were dealing with in their lives. And so I liked mm-hmm. the idea that you can kind of push back against what feels safe in mm-hmm. terms of uh, written narrative. prime time television. And, you know, it was really great to be part of that in that sort of nefarious way. Like someone's got to be the bad guy. Someone's got, you know, why not me? And so I, I loved approaching character work on TV where, you know, you don't often get to play, these embellished characters on television, because, you know, generally primetime television is relatively safe. It's like four quadrant, you know, it, it appeals to all four quadrant demographics. So it's really one of those things that, you know, um, as you mentioned, needs to be wrapped up and feel good at the end of a show. Mm-hmm. But And so it was kind of interesting to have this, this through line that that ran before my character was in, introduced, but then a couple episodes of, of what was going on. And then there was a residual effect on David Silver's narrative. And I think Luke's character came in, Dylan came in, I think was, was there to support that. I believe. Right.
2: He was there to help him through it.
1: And that's important. That's meaningful. And I love as a utilitarian actor, as a journeyman actor, being able to come in for a couple episodes and support a meaningful narrative.
2: Right. It's more fun to be the bad guy anyway.
1: Yeah. I always think it's, it's a lot more fun to be the guest star. I mean, look, we all want, we all want the regular work. For sure. Don't get me
2: wrong. (laughs) Regular paycheck is
1: nice. Absolutely. But to be a guest star, recurring guest star whatever, you get to come in, you get to shake it up. You get to have some fun. You get to take some chances. You get to be experimental. You get to be a little bit more avant-garde in a space that's generally safe for the actor to sort of be yourself and walk into a design, but not really play with the design that much. And so as a guest star, I can rattle the cage a little bit. Mm. create conflict, you
2: know? Yeah. We've talked to a lot of guest stars and and it's an interesting, um, in, you know, people always have their stories and their perception of the cast. Like what was your first impression?
0: Tell us a fun fun story. Of the people
2: that you didn't know.
1: Right. So how I approached the character or just, uh, how I felt being there. How you felt
2: being there, like what, with the other cast members.
1: Sure. Well, okay. For, first off, I have to say that, you know, Jason Priestley, one of my dear friends, Luke Perry, one of my dear friends, miss him every day. Breaks my heart, but also he's with us. We know that. Um, You know, Brian, one of my closest friends forever, my brother forever. So, you know, Ian, I talk to you once in a while, you gals in my heart, top of my mind, watching you from a close, you know, far, like I love it. So for me being there, it felt, It felt great. It felt like I was home and, you know, I wanted to do more. Although I always had this wonderful approach for me that like when I'm on television and when I'm the guest star, that I really love the idea that I wanted to be as much of that guy, even in between shots as possible, because it really helped me create the conflict. And especially when I was working with Brian, because Brian's my friend, I wanted him to have to deal with me. (laughs) So I created a little bit of distance between he and I, and I kind of, you know, antagonized a Mm -hmm. little bit energetically, just energetically, not, not in an unhealthy Mm -hmm. way to create this tension. So when we showed up on camera, it felt like we were actually feeding off something fun and interesting for he and I, because we were friends. Uh And so I I generally stayed at myself and get inside what I call the circle of my creative consciousness.
2: Look, we all know that a healthy diet and regular exercise is key when it comes to feeling your best inside and out. But if you feel like you are putting in the work, you could just still use a little extra help getting rid of unwanted fat in stubborn areas of your body. SonoBello Bello can help. SonoBello doctors use micro laser technology to help you lose fat in areas like your tummy, thighs, or even your arms. Nothing can take the place of a healthy lifestyle. But it is good to know that Sono Bello offers ways to help you achieve the results you are looking for. Give yourself the gift of a full body reset. You deserve to be happy. Schedule your free consultation, learn all about micro laser fat removal, and ask about their techniques to remove loose skin. SonoBello is running a great special right now, by the way. Visit sonobello.com omg. That's Sono. L-O-B-E-L-L-O dot com slash
0: O-M-G. Want to temporarily restore definition in your jawline where it's been lost over time? With Juvederm Volux XC, you can get a non-surgical jawline treatment that adds volume for a smooth contour and to reduce the appearance of jowls in one in-office treatment with little downtime. Juvederm Volux XC injectable gel is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
2: Relive the magic of the iconic pop culture, music, and fashion of the 90s on the 90s cruise. Five days of concerts with some of the decade's most iconic stars, nightly theme parties, celebrity interactions, and all-out 90s events and activities.
0: Over 25 concerts and live performances starring Blues Traveler, Collective Soul, Gin Blossoms, Everclear, Lit, Color Me Bad, Lisa Loeb, Fastball, C&C Music Factory, Jesus Jones, Digital Underground, Sophie B. Hawkins, and more. Hosted by MTV DJs, Downtown Julie Brown, Matt Pinfield, and Lisa Loeb taking place January 31st through February 5th, 2025 on Royal Caribbean's
2: Serenade of the Seas, which will be completely transformed to take you back in time for a non-stop 90s action. The 90s Cruise will sail from Tampa and head to amazing stops in Cozumel and Costa Maya,
0: Mexico. Head to the90scruise.com to book your cabin. <clears throat>
2: Okay, so wait, you're talking about like your your how your process runs as sure. an actor. And is this something that you also teach your students now? Because you are an, an acting teacher now.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that segue. Yeah, no, for sure, 100%. <laughs> um, I love- Good job, no, Sorry, I- I'm just interested. know <laughs> me too. I appreciate it, 100%. Yeah, no, for me, um, so I always came into the business- Uh, And got really lucky meeting some really wonderful uh, craftsmen. I I met Stella Adler herself. Like she was a family friend. And she she was the first person that I met in the creative arts space in the form of acting and studied with her. And then I met Shelly Winters, who then kind of
0: mentored you.
1: Yes. she. Uh, there's great stories. I know we don't have a lot of time, so I'll summarize. But basically, yes. I, I defected Stella, went to Shelly. Mm-hmm. Shelly was my personal mentor at the actor's studio f- until she passed away.
0: Oh, wow. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. And so I, I've always been really in love with the art form. And I love the idea of the cathartic, creative, therapeutic sort of release of being able to sit at the edge of an opportunity, lean into the way that feels, catch that beautiful life, wind, and fly. While the Mm. cameras record beautiful truth
2: that's nice
1: So letting that hang in the air for a half second because that's important you know we are yet why we want to be an actor and sort of you know i always return to the heart wants what the heart wants and that's a great place to sit and to begin to express yourself in the deepest meaningful way so i've always been i've always tried to approach all the work even when i was a young person in this business from the heart's core Mm -hmm. and maybe to my advantage and often probably to my disadvantage because maybe it wasn't what you know people needed they needed maybe more of just to just jump in and just follow the pattern of the writing and, and and let the camera record whatever it records I pushed back and always wanted to find something deeper and more interesting. And so the Mr. Andy character was that opportunity for me kind of coming back to that. But certainly it's the way I look at um, coaching actors to their true potential today. Right,
2: because you have the Bo Jesse Christopher acting Studios. That's still is. up. That's been up since 2018, I'm reading. And that's so awesome that you you love what you do and you're teaching other people to love. How old are the people that you normally work with?
1: So generally um, 20-somethings, 30-somethings, mm-hmm. but I coach all ages. So like in my weekly groups, I probably have people in their 20s to their 60s, but primarily 20s to 30s and that kind of target demo. Um, and then I started this thing called Truth Be Told Acting Collective in 2012 because I got sort of reinvigorated with the craft and had this... Prior to that, I had this sort of like where I maxed out and I, I just sort of lost sense of self and, and didn't have an art form and kind of removed myself from the business and, you know, raised my first kid and did other things to make money. And then I had this return to craft in this, this reawakening, this mm-hmm. rejuvenation. And so this collective helped me kind of pull it all together to find <laughs> myself to work. And then in 2018, I kind of honed that in and created mm-hmm. the studio um, and been really, really, grateful and humbled by the turnout that shows up once a week. I have this sort of critical mass thing happening once a week. And then I do a lot of onset coaching and private one-on-ones <laughs> and I'll fly places to coach different people. And I'll do Zooms and I'll do Google meets and I'll do in my own studio. And it's been great because I don't have that desperation that I think I would have had if I wasn't in the practice every day as an actor. And so when I'm auditioning for stuff, because I'm currently on the circuit chipping away at it, doing the thing, you During know, the
0: self tapes
1: you the uh, game, uh, so. We were just
0: talking about that. We just, mi- I mean, while it's nice, the pressure's off of you. We miss being in the room and getting that like response.
1: Totally, it I it don't sad. miss it. You I miss it, Jenny. No. <laughs> no. I yeah, I get it. I get it. There's, there's two, there's two, yeah. uh, there's two thoughts there. You know, so I love the convenience of being able to kind of you know create my own version of what this looks and feels like for a team of creators who want to energy match design I
2: collaborate. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. But also I love, and I love the convenience of being able to do it and then you know, and not worrying about it. If I want to adjust, I can, but I do love Tori going into the room and managing the anxiety, managing the performance adrenaline, mm-hmm. seeing other people that may or may not be right for it, getting out of my head, <laughs> yeah, yeah. into my body, hitting a mark, connecting with a human being, getting some feedback, Yeah, laying that thing down one or two takes and then getting out of there. So there's, you know, I do. I do miss it. I actually do miss it. Yeah.
0: Are any of your kids in the business?
1: They're not. They're not. I mean, if they, if they decide they want to be, I certainly encourage it. I think I tried with my oldest guy and, and he's in music. So he's a music. Okay. Yeah. Um, but my younger kids couldn't care less. They, you know, couldn't be bothered. <laughs> Whatever, you know, maybe,
0: <laughs> maybe later. Yeah. You have the most amazing and vivid memory and way of telling stories like I could listen to you all day. My gosh. I
1: really appreciate that.
0: You, your memory is unbelievable. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. It's like great. I want to ask you so many questions about <laughs> our lives that you'll probably have answers to that sure. we don't remember.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I could tell you stories about, you know, Jason and Luke. I could give you some great stories. Oh, I mean, tell
0: us one story.
1: Okay. So um, the last time I saw Luke... My boy Jesse was two, and we were. And Luke was a good friend. Luke would come over to the house and he would visit. He'd drop in because Jason lived up the street uh, in Beechwood Canyon. So he would come by and see Jason. Before he would go to see Jason, he'd drop by and see me. And I live with Alexis Arquette, who's no longer with us also. Um, and Alexis and I were best friends and we rented this like really cool Italian villa in Beachwood Canyon it was very artsy fartsy and bohemian. And I was a single dad and I had a two-year-old kid, Jesse. And I remember I was trying to get Jesse down to go to sleep, and Luke popped by. And um, I remember he it was dark in the room and he opened up the door and he goes, Hey, Bo, it's Luke. Luke Perry goes, hey, man, I don't want to interrupt. I just want to tell you, I love you. (laughs) And then he kind of closed the door. Last time I saw him. Right?
0: That sounds about right.
1: Yeah. I love you is what he said to me. Really, really beautiful. Thank you, Luke. Um, Jason one time, it's a funny thing. I think the last time I saw Jason was down the street at the market. And I was, you know, young, young dad around the same time. And I didn't have much money. I was chipping away. I was in between acting jobs and I was just trying to scrape together enough to feed Jesse and I for the day. And I was at, uh, I think it was Gelson's on the corner, Canyon Drive, where we all lived. And I ran into Jason. Mm -hmm. That is, you know, one of his awesome convertible Stingrays, or whatever, race cars, right? I forget what he has, like cherry red something. I don't know. And he goes, hey, Bo, Jesse, what's up, man? How are you? What's going on? Bought me a bag of groceries. Get in my car. I'll take you back to the house. Brought me and Jesse back to the house, loaded up my fridge, hung out with okay. us, and then drove up the hill to his house. That's just the kind of guy Jason was, right? mm mm-hmm brothers yeah so that was the last time i saw jay and i love him that was so long ago
2: so long ago i remember that house up in Beechwood. yeah
1: mm-hmm. shares you know these are these are good people this is family this this show you know family it's mm-hmm. a really beautiful thing to be part of it and i'm really honored this will be yep yeah
0: mm.
2: i want to be sure to let people know how to get a hold of you if they need you because we might be contacting <laughs> you I love for them. acting <laughs> advice
1: well, well, thank you both first for having me on the show. So yeah, anybody can find me at jessechristopher.com. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm on I'm on the gram. I'm on IG. So Instagram, what's your gram? Bo Jesse Christopher, Bo
2: Bo Jesse J- Christopher. Nice. Yeah.
1: So please follow like share do the whole thing. But I'm here for you. Stay honest, disciplined and inspired. Heart hugs to you and everyone listening oh my gosh
0: you're amazing you're awesome. oh my gosh it's such it's so interesting when you're young you have such a different perspective of <laughs> right? someone and then you get to reconnect with them later in life and it's just I don't know when you were young I was younger and you were just like always Brian's friend and you were like the young hot guy and I was intimidated probably and now just listening to you speak I'm like oh my gosh everything it's just so beautiful so Come Found from you so thank you,
1: thank you for the follow, and also just thank you for what was said. Can we please stay in touch? Somehow, yes, please. Somehow? Okay, I'm My- gonna DM
0: you right yes. now, too. I'm gonna sli- Wait, what is it? Slip slide, slip it in your- there.
1: I- uh, no, nope. <laughs> <laughs> slip and slide. <laughs> summer. We can slip and slide. Yeah, it's all good.
2: Thank you for being with us. It's Michael. so good to see you.
1: Thank Likewise. you. Have fun. We love you. Bye. You, Bye you guys. Bye. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.
0: And the new season streaming March 15th.